What's going on? It's Andrew P here from Seven Figure Fitness Business. And in today's episode of our podcast, we've actually put together a great collection of some of our very best FitBiz tip videos from 2021. Now, these are videos that Andrew Gosen, myself, Andrew Poulton, and also Iggy Odigizua put together in each of our areas of genius. So Andrew G is going to be talking about things like brand. He's going to be talking about ads talking about numbers. Myself, I'm talking about sales and conversions and objection handling. Uh, and when it comes to Iggy, he's going to be talking about systems for scalability, um, efficiency, and leverage. So there's a real great collection here that you're going to enjoy. Now, who's this for? It's going to be a great episode for you if you are a fitness business owner or an aspiring one, particularly in the online space. We find that people tend to get stuck in any of these three areas more than anything else. Obviously, lead gen is typically where it begins the systems after that. And of course, if you're getting on calls and you keep burning them with objections that you're creating or not handling, it's going to be a problem. So check it out. As per usual, please, we would really love your support if you want to like and subscribe to the channel and leave us a positive review. Enjoy the episode. Thanks. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, guys? So if you hear back to what's up, bro, this tips. Oh, I'm going to guess. You I think that every single business owner ever has been through something. You get that really, really important part of this. At the time, what we were doing was we were going to get it in our business. I've seen so many gym owners, personal trainers, and even ad agencies think that it's really easy to transition into the online space. You know, you may have a physical location and, or you might be an ad agency focusing on a physical location. But the thing is, when you're running online fitness ads, it's a completely different world. You see, the thing that's the difference is there's a totally different level of trust. When you've got a physical location, people have safety through proximity, which means they can go to your gym, they can check you out, they can see what you're all about, they can ask their friends in the local area. If there's a problem, they can go to the police or they can pursue legal action or if they're really unhappy, they can even throw a brick through your window, right? Whereas online, you could be anywhere in the world and you know you could be getting scammed by somebody and there's not that same sort of safety and security. So what this is about is building a relationship on social media. And, you know, there are a few things that you really need to tick off to be able to get customers on tap. The first is that you want to be a celebrity. You want to be someone that they view as famous. And generally, just being on camera is going to be enough to achieve that. The second thing is being an authority, being someone who gives really, really great information and has helped them make a transformation before they actually get on a call with you or before they can become a customer. So you've given them something for free and you're someone who knows what they're talking about. You're the person who's going to get them results. The last thing is a connection. Connections are so, so important. And the reason is that's you building a relationship. So for me, like I'm the thyroid guy, I help women who have thyroid problems and they feel such a closeness to me because we both share the same thing. We've both got problems with our thyroid and I've told my story about how I feel, about how I used to struggle to even read a book because I couldn't remember the last page I've read. 
And sharing that common experience is powerful. And all of you have a story that you can go and share. So that's one thing. But how do you get that message out? Well, if you're running an ad, which is primarily what we focus on, the ad needs to take people somewhere so that we can build up these three things, being a celebrity, being an authority, building that connection. So what we do is we take people to something like, for example, just to name one, a seven-day challenge, where they get to see who we are. They see us on video. They see us give really great advice that they can use and you know, over the next coming days and actually make a seven-day transformation. They build that connection because they're seeing us talk about what's passionate to us. You know, Because they see us talking, they're then thinking, wow, I'm really close with this person, even though they haven't met you. When they hop on a phone for a sales call, they convert like that. When you book them in, there's no no-shows because they want to talk to you. You know, a lot of the time, and this is the big problem with what happens when you've got gym owners, personal trainers, and ad agencies trying to jump into the online fitness space is that they think it's easy, but they have all of these problems. So the fact that, hey, when they jump on the sales call, the person doesn't care. Most of them don't show up on the phone because they have seen 10 other people who are all doing the exact same thing, who are all general population with no niche, and they're going, what's the difference? I don't care about you, right? There's so, so many, you know, problems that are associated with this. And, you know, the big message that I want to get out there is that if you are looking at transitioning from a physical location and you want to go online, make sure you focus on building a relationship. The goal of it was to have 10 clients, 100 bucks each, 1,000 bucks. I was going to travel the world for the next two years and do whatever I wanted. Thing is, that didn't happen because the opportunity became too great. We had too much potential with what we're doing. And I think that a big part of wanting to do that came from having a lack of fulfillment in other parts of my life. Anyways, we're going pretty good. Uh, two, three months in, maybe we're not going so good. We've hired three people. So we're paying three wages. We're paying Andrew's wage and we're paying my own wage. And then we've got ad spend. So you're thinking about that. We're doing uh, at the time $8,000 a week in debit. So we think we're killing it but we couldn't be further away from where we are. I think we're actually losing money. We literally have to save our business, right? So it was like, what do you have to do at that point in time? How do you build a connection? When you've got your back to the wall, what is it that's going to do that for you? And this is the critical lesson. It's like you build a stronger connection with your future leads. You build a stronger connection with anyone who listened to you. And at the time, what we were doing was we were running seven-day challenges. And one really cool thing is Facebook groups have insights where you can see who's interacting. I think they show like the top like 92 or whatever. So I'm there voice messaging every single lady in our group. You know, all the ladies in this group have a thyroid problem. They struggle to lose weight. And they haven't seen a business like ours. It helps women who are struggling to lose weight. And then you've got me who's talking to them, helping them for free. Of course, some people are going to go, oh, you've shared too much information. You're helping me too much. I'm not going to buy of you. But the connection was so strong with so many of them that they just simply bought that. And up, up until that point there, this was the very best week we've ever had. And, you know, we were traveling. We were in Vietnam. Funny thing is, we weren't really traveling at all. We kind of locked ourselves down in a hotel room just so we could make this happen. But the thing is, and what you can take away from what I'm talking about today is if things aren't working, it's probably you and your brand. And after working with so many different clients and, you know, seeing the ones who are super and ultra successful and the ones who are moving along at a slower pace, 
It's just got to do with the quality of who you are, the brand of your business, who you help, the time and effort that you put in, your relatability and your willingness to help people. What should I include in my online fitness program? Now, there's a lot of different directions you can go with this, but one of the most important things that you need to have in your online fitness program is you need to have some nutritional protocols. You need to have a support system. You need to have some exercise or activity protocols. And then you need to have a simple way to hold your clients accountable. So those are like really the most important elements. And even more important than that, you need to have structure clear direction, and accountability. If you have those things inside of your fitness program, it really doesn't matter what you're delivering specifically so long as what you're delivering is clear, is structured, there's accountability, and it delivers a specific result to a specific type of client. And when you're building out your program, you want to build it with one person in mind because when you build it with one person in mind, Now you created a program that could potentially serve thousands of people who fit that one type of description. So keep it simple. Don't overthink it and just have those essential elements and you're going to have a very effective online fitness program. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, guys? So Iggy here back at you with another one of our FitBiz tips. And today the question I want to answer is what's the best type of content to put on, on your profiles? This is really interesting because There's a lot of different types of content you can put out, but I think the most powerful type of content you can put out, especially in the beginning, just to build a connection with your audience, is you need to share your story. You need to talk about things that you've gone through. You need to talk about challenges that you've overcame. You need to talk about why you're doing what you're doing. What's your philosophy behind your approach and what makes what you do unique or your viewpoints unique, right? And these are things that aren't salesy. They're not going to be with call to actions, it's just going to just deliver and just share your heart with your audience. And if you're able to do that, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? And one of the best quotes that I've gotten from all the different books that I've read so far, a quote that I read was, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Now that's really powerful and almost a little backwards. When we're working or growing things online, we think that people are buying what we have, but people are buying why you do what you do. And that's why so many people love Apple. That's why so many people love Amazon. That's why so many people love these big companies, because we understand why they're doing what they're doing and what makes them different. So when you're posting and creating content, you need to make sure you're in between all the different stuff you're posting. You need to be telling your audience why you do what you do. And why you're passionate about it and what you're overcoming and some of the challenges that you're going through so that they know that you're a real person and they can connect with you on that level and understand that you are at the same level with them. I have a great question that I want to dive into, and it's do I need to be on camera if I want to take my business online? Now, this is a very good question. Now, you don't need to necessarily be on camera if you don't want to be the face of your business. But having a camera and video presence is actually really, really important because you're in a service based business and people are not gullible anymore. 
they're not willing to just pay for anything online. They've been scammed so much. There's so much distrust. There's so much misinformation. There's so many sharks in the water and so many snake oil salesmen out there that the level of trust that they used to have back in the beginning of the internet when it first started is no longer there. So you need to have a camera presence because people need to see who they're going to be working with and they need to be able to see who it is, their values, and just to kind of understand like if they click with you. And the other thing that's highly leveraged is video content. When it comes to marketing, this is going to be a little bit higher level type stuff, but Facebook is collecting data on who sees your videos. So you can take that information and use it to improve your targeting with ads. You can use it to improve your targeting with your advertisement, and you can start to see how your videos are performing to gather some insights on your audience based on who is watching what and what kind of videos are being consumed. And then you can take that information and use that to optimize what you're doing on the marketing front when you start running ads. Short answer is yes. You do need some type of camera presence. You do need presence on camera. You do need to be on video, but it doesn't have to be you specifically, but somebody needs to be representing your brand and showing up on camera and delivering value to your audience, letting them know that you do have legitimate business and that you are trustworthy and that you are somebody that they can safely do business with. Otherwise, they're going to your competitors who are showing up on camera, being personable and letting them know that, hey, you can connect with me. You can trust me. You can do business with me and I'm going to get you great results. All right. So if you found it helpful, go ahead and give it a like, give it a comment and let me know if you're camera shy and if you're like on the fence about it and it just kind of terrifies you to just be on camera in general. What's our goal on any sales call? Well, I'm going to guess that you said in your mind or out loud to close the deal and you're wrong. Yes, we need to close the deal, but there's something more important than that. And that's to make sure that we do properly understand the problem or the problems that the prospect may be having. And only then, when we genuinely understand those problems, can we actually prescribe the right solution. And I think so many closers go into sales just thinking, I don't care what they say, I'm just gonna close the deal. What do I need to say to convince them? And that's not right. You're gonna be in a position where you're gonna be making some unethical sales if you do that, but also you're gonna be increasing your level of desperation and emotional attachment to the outcome of the call. And that will greatly lower your closing percentage. So the irony here is that by caring less about the outcome of the result and caring more about getting the right solution for the prospect, you're going to get more outcomes going in your favor anyway. Okay, so why is this the case? Well, I guess ultimately people need to know that you understand and that you care about them. So that comes down to asking the right questions to really build a case for what's the problem that they're experiencing. You know, if it's something about weight loss, we want to understand why that's a problem for them and, and how that impacts them, you know, and what's prevented them from being successful so far. And only once we've kind of gone through and we've built our case to say, right, well, I understand what the issue is now. I understand the problem. Now we're in a position where we can prescribe what's the best fit. So I'm going to give a really quick example. In one of my weekly call reviews that I do for our master members recently, we had one of our members on a sales call who said, hey, Andrew, what happens if someone's already doing a program that they love? And I thought to myself, well, that doesn't make logical sense that they'd be on the call to me. But if you asked that person more questions and you genuinely determined that they were happy and that they felt that the program was realistically sustainable and a long-term solution, 
don't sell that person. It's unethical. They're happy already. They don't need your solution. So you're prescribing them something that they don't need. But here's the great thing. Most of the time when someone's being closed off on a call with you, they're being coy, they're giving you short answers, they're being difficult. That's because they're resisting the usual sales BS that they've had to deal with their entire life. So if you're able to lean back and, and sort of distance yourself from the result and just say, hey, look, it sounds like what you're doing is working really well. You know, are you sure that you even need to be looking for something else? It might be best for you to go and do that program. When you do something like that, people are going to think, wow, this guy, this guy or girl doesn't actually care about closing me. They actually care about helping me find the right solution. And here's the cool thing. Most of the time when you do that, you build a huge amount of trust and rapport with the prospect because they start to think, maybe I'm not just a number to this salesperson. Maybe that they actually care about giving me a genuine solution. Ironically, by you leaning out, you tend to do what's called attraction-based selling rather than pressure-based selling. No one really ever feels great about a decision that they were pressured into, but we really feel great about things that we were drawn in with intrigue, curiosity, and trust. Hey guys, have you ever heard about the fact that we buy emotionally and we justify our decisions with logic? Now there's three simple sections that you go through in your script to get somebody in the emotional buying pocket before you drop the price. This is exactly what we want to do. Number one, you need to go through the why. In other words, you need to set an emotional anchor. Why does this person need to change? It can't be soft. If your program costs $3,000, you need to have $3,000 reasons for them wanting to change. So if your program's $3,000 and the person wants to feel better, look better, and have more confidence, I'm sorry, you're not making a sale. You need to go much deeper than that by asking good questions. Two is the cost of inaction. So in other words, helping them get vividly clear about what their life will look like if things don't change or if they stay the same. Really simple example, you're talking to a 50-year-old who has a family history of heart disease, diabetes, and they're currently quite overweight. And they know and they talk to you out loud about their risk factors massively increasing for a heart attack or getting diabetes, might be a pre-diabetic in the next 10 years. If you get them really clear on that and then ask them what their life will be like if they become a diabetic, for example, now we're starting to talk about some genuine pain that they can get behind and they can really think, well, this is going to motivate me into action. So they're going to get more fearful of a negative reality based on not doing anything and putting this off then they are going to be about the price. And the final part of the emotional buying pocket is where most people make the mistake. And that's that when it comes down to telling something about the program before price, people just drop the pitch with everything about the features and benefits. As I said earlier, what we actually need is a complete shift in the industry in the way that we do this. What we're looking for when we drop our pitch is a conceptual pitch and it's about giving them a paradigm shift. It's about giving them an aha moment. Now, we use three core principles, which I'm going to discuss in another video to do this. But essentially, if you get your prospects thinking, huh, that's a totally different way to see the problem. I never thought of it like that. Then you're going to have them in a really, really good position to want to go ahead and buy. One of our mastermind members the other day asked me an absolutely incredible question. And it was, Andrew, you've been selling for four years in fitness full time. Do you still actually get fulfillment out of it? Do you enjoy it? Or is selling really just kind of a tactic and a technique that you've nurtured so that you can make more sales? You can get the outcome that you want. You can, I guess, effectively 
what they're implying is, you know, is it about manipulating people into getting what you want? Really made me think. I mean, I think sales should be, if it's really going to be a long-term thing for you, it needs to be about giving you fulfillment. And I think the best way to do that is to seek out situations that become win-win for you and the other party, right? So for me, sales is about learning how to be a better listener and a better communicator. Now, better communicator can mean so many things, but if you can become a better listener and a better communicator, that's not just going to impact your work life. That's going to impact your personal life. It's going to impact the quality of your relationships that you have with everybody. So what's not to love about that? And what I love about learning sales is that there's always more to learn. There's always new things that I can try. And by constantly learning and applying what I learn, making mistakes and evolving based on what I learn in those mistakes, I'm also extremely excited about my constant development in this industry. So for yourself, I want to challenge you here. If you find yourself on calls thinking just about being that A to B salesperson who's like, I'm here, I need to close the deal, I would challenge you to rethink that because it's not going to keep you fulfilled and happy long term. The best way to be happy in sales is to really think about how you can better listen, better understand, and better help people solve their problems so that they get the outcome that they want and that you get the outcome that you want. And by doing that, everybody's happy and it's an incredible feeling. You've probably heard about this theory, this concept called emotional intelligence, and you've been told by salespeople that it has a major impact on your ability to communicate effectively with people and to sell. But I guess like what the heck is it and how do we learn more about it? If you found yourself on sales calls before where you weren't able to connect, to build rapport, know, like, and trust, it really has an impact on your ability to sell. And it's going to mean that you're less likable and that people feel that you don't understand them as well. So I wanted to do a video about how you actually can go about improving your emotional intelligence. Because a lot of the time, just being told you need to do it isn't enough. So the first thing is, you know, there's a couple of great resources. This book here, Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman. It's a classic. It basically teaches you how to get more self-aware because if you're not aware of your own emotions, how are you supposed to help others with theirs? You know, how are you supposed to connect with others? So it's a really common theme in the emotional intelligence movement that until you understand yourself, your own behaviors, thoughts, etc., you're less able to help others and connect with others. This book here, Emotional Intelligence 2.0, now there's a lot of them. So this is the one by Travis Bradbury and Gene Greaves. It's a lot more practical. It's a lot less theoretical. It actually breaks down four different behavior types or competencies, two that are personal and two that are relationship-based. So basically, you know, I think there's self-awareness, self-management, then there's social awareness and relationship management. They're the four competencies and that can actually allow you to test yourself so you can find out which ones you are doing well at and which ones are your weaknesses. When you know those weaknesses and you're aware of them, you can start to change. Now, this is my favorite sales book of all time still. It's called Sales EQ by Jeb Blunt. I love this book. It's just such a fun and easy read. And it's all about tying those rather, you know, high level theoretical concepts that are in Daniel Goleman's book to selling. It's a really fun way of learning how to actually connect the dots so that you can start to improve your own self-awareness and self-mastery and therefore to connect, build rapport and understand emotions better in others. Now, I guess one more thing is like part of your awareness journey should be to do a personality assessment. There's different ones out there. My personal favorite is the Myers-Briggs test, otherwise known as the 16 personalities, but there's the DISC profile and there's other ones out there as well. When I did the 16 personalities test, it described to a T 
what my personality type was. And what was really valuable about it, I should say, was understanding my strengths, but also my weaknesses. When I was able to understand what some of the weaknesses of my personality type were, I was able to think about ways that I could at least mitigate or minimize those so I could start working on them and then continue to double down on my strengths. So if you are having a hard time connecting with people on sales calls, you know, hopefully some of those resources I've just outlined are going to be really valuable. If you go into Google and you type in 16 personalities test, there is a free test that comes up and you can actually do that test to learn more about yourself and your behaviors. There's so much noise going on in the health and fitness space. Personal trainers everywhere are looking to take their businesses online and it's becoming more and more competitive. And the issue with that is that People are looking for something that separates you. And unless you have something really special, people aren't going to go to you. There's 10 different people advertising to everyone at the exact same time. And often people are going to choose the person that speaks specifically to them. And that's particularly seen with the fact that, hey, you might book in a call with someone, but they might've booked a call in with three other people. People who, you know, they might see as better than you, that are more, you know, are going to be able to get them better results based on the fact that they help that specific population. So you could be, you know, wanting to work with busy professionals who want to look great in a bikini, a vanity-based thing. You might be working like us with people who are struggling with menopause or a thyroid problem and need some help overcoming something that they haven't ever been able to achieve. You know, that's what thyroid would be. They've been overweight their entire life. Menopause is more so they've lost their identity. They used to be fit and healthy and then menopause happened and things have changed. And you're taking people on this journey. They're struggling with something right now. And the important thing is through your messaging and through your brand, you're able to help that person specifically. Now I'm gonna run you through what we do at our, in our thyroid business. So the first thing is people are going to see our Facebook ad. And on that Facebook ad, it is going to say hypothyroid body transformation. And what we've done there is we're spelling out exactly what the business name is. No one can stuff that up, right? They know that this is weight loss for women who have thyroid problems, right? Then after that, they're then going to go through, they're gonna to go to our messenger sequence, the automated messages that we send from ManyChat, and they're going to be talked to like they expect to be talked to. They're gonna go end up at our seven day challenge or our landing page, and they're going to see me talking me sharing my experience about having hypothyroidism myself and how I've overcome that. And it's just tick, tick, tick. I've gone through with my copy. I know exactly how they're feeling. Everything that they read, they're going, yes, yes, yes. Then we have a program that gives them sustainable results because the solution to women struggling with a thyroid problem is they've never been able to lose weight. It doesn't matter what they do, nothing works. So when you're showing them and you know, working with you is the solution to that problem. They're just going, yes, yes, yes. And that's one of the things you've got to get everyone on, you know, and I call it onto this role of yes. And I call this the love at first sight principle. They see your program and they know that it's 100% exactly the right thing for them. Thanks guys for tuning in. I remember to like and subscribe on YouTube or on the uh, appropriate uh, podcasting platforms and we'll see you next time. Oh,